This is the WMSC interview of Diamond Plate guitarist Conrad Kupiek by Nick Perkel. What are three important things you learned as a touring musician being on tour with Warbringer last fall? There's uh, there's definitely a lot that a lot that a musician can learn uh, from being on tour. I think uh, first and foremost, the best thing that you learn is your instrument because you know you're, you're playing every single night. You build this endurance. You build this uh, life around playing your instrument literally every night. So I, I would say endurance and your instrument are uh, two really really important things. And then you also I think you also learn a lot more about the mentality of crowds and what songs work in certain cities, what, you know, what kind of set list order works for a particular crowd uh, in one city or on one tour as opposed to another one. So you, you definitely get to learn a lot more about like the psychology of people in a way. So it's, it's a really cool thing for a musician to, to be able to see all these different kinds of uh, people and crowds in such a short amount of time. You really get to kind of soak it in. And uh, it's definitely a good psychology lesson. <laughs> you had your Mountains of Madness EP repackaged and sold on the Thrash Clash Volume 2 compilation from Stormspell Records. And three years later, you end up putting out your debut album on Earache Records. What do you feel like were some more important events that helped you make the jump to Earache Records? Uh, just hard work, man. I mean, there, there's really no set formula of, of how to do it and how we did it, you know, because it, it might, you know, a band, uh, if a band does exactly what we did in that time period, it doesn't uh, guarantee them the same result, you know. It was just a lot of hard work just as far as, you know, per, you know, trying to perfect ourselves as musicians, as songwriters, and, and getting more into, like, the production of music and stuff. Uh, so it was just a natural evolution that uh, I think any young kid goes through, and we just, I guess, just worked really, really hard at it and we're able to make some better results you know happen uh, because of it have you learned about the new people who'll be uh mixing mastering and producing your next album uh we haven't uh we haven't decided 100 percent yet i know i know we de- we definitely want to work with neil kernan again that did uh did generation y he's just a really really brilliant producer and just engineering as far as engineering goes i know i know he doesn't really like the word engineer you know just just the actual physical you know recording and capturing of the moments and the the sounds that we wanted you know neil was just a brilliant guy when it came to that and then uh we're still deciding on the studio and you know exactly who we want on the record and whatnot but uh you know we we definitely have some pretty big plans what are some new songs written since your tour with overkill and could you speak about a few we have about well i mean ever ever since generation y came out we've been pretty much writing for the second album you know writing for us just never stops we have about eight songs right now demoed musically it's it's hard for a musician to describe his own sound, his own songs, and you know because it, obviously it's pretty biased and whatnot. Any musician will tell you that. But we do feel really strongly that you know we we put in a lot more time and effort into these songs than any songs in the past. Uh, so they're far more advanced, you know, musically, you know, when it comes to melody, when it comes to arrangement, uh, when it comes to just the, the, the intricacies uh, of just the smallest bits of the songs that we never really paid attention to before. And it's definitely a lot catchier and, you know, more well done. I think just just be just based on the time and effort put into the songs, you know, and then it'll, it'll be up to the people, you know, and, and the fans to kind of decide if they like it or not once it comes out. But right now, our, our main focus is just, you know, making ourselves happy and feeling fulfilled from from making these songs ourselves, you know. If you were given the chance to pick the track listings and recordings for a live album of Diamond Plate 
consisting of five songs, what would your choices be, and from which concerts would you pick the recordings from? Oh man, that's uh, that's a tough one. See, like it, it to me, it's it's weird because like our our best moments and our our best live show moments, concerts and whatnot, are the ones that never get recorded. You know, it's just it's just one of those things where like the magic really happens when you're least expecting it and and when you're not even trying you know what i mean it's it's those moments where you're just playing for the hell of it and for the fun of it that the real magic happens so it's it's hard to capture that live you know I, I, you know when you know that it's being recorded cuz automatically it becomes uh, extremely thought out in a way but uh, i mean my favorite shows that you know we've done of all time have been you know when we played uh, with Anthrax over in the UK, the first show we ever did, you know, overseas was in Oxford. That was an amazing show. And then the last show that we did on the the Warbringer tour, where we had to drop off a few days uh, earlier than expected in Seattle with Warbringer, Lazarus AD, and Landmine Marathon was also just an incredible uh, experience. And then any any of the headliner headlining shows that we do back home in Chicago, you know, they they really capture the band at its best because you know we're we're at home, we're in our element. And then the rest, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just every show is something different and something something special about it. It's all every show is its own entity in a way. But those those three shows always stick out. And I would, I'd love to be able to capture something from those shows or you know any shows that we do in the future. Could you come up with like I guess maybe your five favorite songs to play live then? I know uh, Relativity is a is my personal favorite. I think that's a that's always going to be a song that we put into the set list somehow. Uh, At the Mounds of Madness is always great. That's the song that everyone seems to know. Uh, the closing Empire Tomorrow is also a really powerful ending that I really enjoy playing. There's a song called uh, Waste of Life, which is a really aggressive song that always you know, gets my blood pumping when I'm on stage. Any kind of covers that we always try and throw in a few covers. And uh, we recently started doing uh, You've Got Another Thing Coming by Judas Priest. So that's that's also a personal favorite of mine to play just because, you know, that's that's the that's the style of metal that I, I grew up listening to. And it was uh, it was really cool to pull that off live for your tour in England with Anthrax. Can you tell me about your favorite memories off stage in England? Off stage in England, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's just way too many. I mean, we we were there for the first time uh, in our lives, you know, overseas and and opening up for our idols. I, I think I don't know. There's not really too many specific moments. I think just the the whole experience of of being there is its own uh, kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to pinpoint ex- exact moments because I, I think the whole thing just seemed like one big dream. You know what I mean? Just, just being there, you know, and and being in that in that moment in time, that was my favorite part. I saw clips of you performing with Warbringer at Reggie's on YouTube. What are some other bands you've shared the stage with, like as like a, a member, like on stage? Oh, you mean besides like, Diamond Plate? To, yeah, I mean when when Warbringer played Chicago, we, you know, we'd been. I had been bugging uh, Warbringer to play uh, that song, Abandoned by Time. That, that was like my favorite one off that album. And they were just, yeah, if you, if you learn it, we'll play it. So I learned it <laughs> in like a day. And, uh, you know, they, they had to keep their end of the bargain and stuff, which was uh, which was cool. It was awesome. And Adam, uh, the, the guitar player for Warbringer at the time, you know, they're all really good friends. And they just invited me out because, you know, it was Chicago hometown. So it made sense. And it was just a shitload of fun. But uh, besides that, I really haven't, really haven't joined any other bands on stage yet but you know it's it's always fun to do that man and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it with any band possible in the future that you know i have the uh the pleasure of becoming good friends with like that i remember this may you ended up having your tour manager 
Dan Valente sing on some shows earlier in the year to replace John Masick for a period. Do you expect to have him do any appearances on a song or two, like studio work for your next album? Studio work? Uh, that'd be, I mean, that'd be, that'd be fun. Uh, just because, I mean, Dan is the unofficial kind of fifth member of the band. Uh, you know, he, he's our tour manager on, on tour. He, he drives. He, uh, he's a guitar tech, a drum tech. He pretty much does everything, you know, behind the scenes when it comes to comes to keeping the band alive on the road. So yeah, I mean, fans can definitely expect us to uh, to involve him in in any way possible, you know, musically. He's a he's a really good guy. What album to be released within the next twelve months would be your dream to have some session work on a song or two? Well, I mean, if you know, like Kirk Hammett gave me a call, I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> that that's always that always be fun. But I don't know. I'd love to. I'd love to possibly do like uh, something realistic that I think would be really fucking cool. Uh, I've been I've been really into Alex. I mean. Obviously Alex Skolnick, but I, I've I've also kind of started transitioning into you know playing other forms of music like jazz and stuff, and to be able to maybe do something with the Alex Skolnick trio would be really fucking cool. Just because you know he's he's just a, a phenomenal player, one of my favorite players of all time, and yeah, I think it would just be a lot of fun to do something outside of my element, but still you know something that would make sense like playing with Alex Skolnick. So yeah, I'm not opposed to that either. <laughs> What are some albums that you've heard that led to have the signature sound as a guitarist of Diamond Plate? Uh, it's tough to say, man. I mean, uh, growing up, I grew up with bands like Thin Lizzy and being, you know, I was in, influenced by like the, the guitar harmonies of like Scott Gorham and the other lead players of Thin Lizzy, like Gary Moore in specific. Uh, also, you know, the, the classic kind of, you know, Metallica, Kirk Hammond, James Hetfield, that 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 duo, Alex Skolnick, like I mentioned previously, Joe Satrani was a huge influence. And, you know, this is all stuff like when I was starting off as a, as a kid, you know, these were my guitar heroes. And now that I'm, I'm older, I'm starting to branch out into different players, you know, from a more melodic perspective, like David Gilmore, Pink Floyd, or even Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits. And a lot of, like I said, a lot of just uh, like funk guitar players, uh, like John Frusciante and Jimi Hendrix and, and and, you know, jazz players like Kenny Burrell and, uh, you know, there, there's just so, so like right now I'm just in a, in a phase of just soaking in as much uh, different influences as possible and, and trying to find my own place in all that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, to talk about influences now because it's just my mind is just so wide open to, to anything that I hear. So those are just some of the main ones. What songs from Generation Y did you have the biggest influence on composing? And could you tell me the circumstances of the last song that you have written for Diamond Plate? As far as Generation Y goes, I mean, it, it was a music-wise, it, it was a conscious effort between uh, myself and, and the drummer, uh, Jim. I would say I equally contributed to, to, to all the songs and, you know, just the kind of big picture of the album. You know, a lot of the, the themes uh, came from the stuff that was going on through my head and, and what I saw in the world or whatever. But it, it, yeah, it's, it's tough to say which song in, in particular uh, had the biggest influence on probably probably at the Mounds of Madness just because that whole song came about. You know, that was probably the first song that I, I wrote and brought to the guys. So, I mean, that, that song was definitely the one that was most inspired just by me reading H.P. Lovecraft and listening to Exodus and Testament and all that. So... Uh, I would say that. And then, yeah, I mean, for the last song that we wrote, it's just we're playing a lot more naturally now as an entire band, you know, with Mario now uh, being the second guitar player. All the songs are inspired just from pure jamming, uh, even more so than in the past. So now it's just like a natural kind of like whatever comes out. 
you know, that's that's what the band is. We, we're not, uh, we don't have any kind of preconceived notions as to what we should sound like or what direction we should go in. We're just kind of following our instincts and um, just going with, with what feels right and what's, what's most natural to us, and hopefully people pick up on that. Could you tell me about your most hallowed item in your music collection? Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's that's rough because I'm, I'm actually in my room right now. I'm looking at my shelves of vinyl. I think last time I counted, it was probably like around 600 LPs. So it's kind of like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I like that. I, I hate I hate you for asking this question. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Give me three. <laughs> give me three then. All right, three. Let's see. I mean, I'll just give you like my, my like, I, I, I usually don't, I don't think of vinyl as far as like a collector, as far as. Like oh how much how much is it worth I don't, I don't give a you know my I I do it purely for how much I enjoy listening to the album so I'd say my my top three albums that I, I I listen to the most that my records are so worn out are probably Metallica Master of Puppets uh, I've got an original copy of that Pink Floyd Animals just because that's you know probably one of my favorite albums of all time John Coltrane I Love Supreme I also have an original pressing of that and those are just three albums that just kind of any anytime I feel like listening to music, I usually put that on. Yeah, and every, everything else, I have a bunch of you know random titles that are pretty cool. Uh, I could probably spend two hours talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure everyone doesn't want to hear me talk about and geek out for vinyl for all that time. <laughs> what would you say have been your favorite places to visit new and used record stores? Let's see. I mean, personally, Chicago is really great. There's there's uh, a lot of really cool stores here. Uh, outside of Chicago, on tour, I, I try and visit as much as possible. Uh, two cities that come in mind are uh, Seattle and Portland. I mean, those are record stores are more alive there, and I know they have just like Chicago. You know, uh, fortunately or un- unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, a, a huge like hipster population. So there's always like you know good record stores that are that are thriving there because that's what they're into. But also, uh, you know, Seattle, Portland are great. Uh, there's, there's been a few good ones on the East coast and, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, as long as you're kind of looking, you, you'll, you'll find something cool. But yeah, as, as I was saying, it's, it's, it's cool to be able to travel around and, uh, you know, as, as a musician and find different record stores that are within walking distance of whatever venue you play at. Cause it just opens up, you know, just you finding a lot of really cool shit that most people don't get the chance to, to visit. And then find like like that. Tell me though, what's your favorite pastime when you're back in Chicago? Listening to records, yeah, straight up. I mean, I I live and breathe music. Uh, when I'm not playing it, all I do is just sit and I absorb as much as I can. And that to me is the most relaxing and most uh, fulfilling thing to do, man. Just just listen to records and let let the music kind of take me somewhere. Besides that, dude, I, I'm I'm the biggest music nerd ever, <laughs> and. I just that, that that's what I love to do. So there's nothing really else going on besides that in my life. You ever get into like the foreign pressings of vinyl? Uh, I've got a, I've got a few foreign presses. Uh, I was at a I was at a like a record fair here in Chicago, and I got like a French pressing of a, a Jeff Beck album, Ola. And uh, I've got a few like that my dad would bring like from Poland when he would visit that are cool. Uh, and just random random stuff I find, but I mean I I don't get too geeked out. Like I said, I, I don't I don't collect from a collector's perspective. I just I buy what I like to listen to, and uh, as long as I have that, you know, on something you know pure and analog like a like an LP to listen to, that that's all I really care about. You know, whether it's from France or uh, 
you know, USA or China, like, it doesn't matter as long as it sounds good in my record player. That's what I go with. You and your bandmates are, are real big fans of uh, Chicago pizza. Number one, what makes it so much better than the New York pizza? And would you happen to have any recipes for making any? No, no recipes. I, I don't... I, <laughs> I mean, that was, that was mainly started as just like a just like an online joke or whatever between, like, East Coast bands and us. Uh, I don't really give too... Like, I don't really care too much about pizza. You know, I'll, I'll eat it if it's there. That's mostly what you eat on tour when money's tight or whatever. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I like Chicago pizza. It's, it's pretty much just, like, a shitload of cheese. And uh, the crust is what, you know, what I like the most out of it. Uh, yeah, no recipes or anything. I just, you know, I like it. I like New York pizza as well. I like any pizza as long as it's, you know, there to eat. <laughs> so, and, and on tour, that's always vital. Can you... um? Throw out a couple of names of really good uh, pizza places in Chicago. Uh, Giordano's is like a really famous one. I mean, that's if you want the whole Chicago pizza experience, I would go there. But uh, I mean, there, there's just a ton of you know smaller like mom and pop kind of pizza places that it's always nice to support. I can't name any of you know from the top of my head. Like I said, I'm not. I don't really care too much on pizza and whatnot. But uh, yeah, if you go to Chicago, dude, if you just Google something and chances are it's going to be really good. Where do you see your band hitting next? Germany, France, and Scandinavia, Japan, and Southeast Asia, or Mexico and South America? You know, I'm not sure, man. Uh, we're, we're taking time off now just to finish up this record. And starting from, you know, pretty much the first of the next year, you know, we're hoping to have this album out at the beginning of next year. And after that, it's just going to be, you know, non-stop touring uh we haven't hit europe yet so that's the next logical step uh there's been talks of maybe going to puerto rico uh which we're all pretty excited for so that that might be you know in the very near future and then japan's like you know probably my biggest dream to play i, I love i love the culture uh and everything associated with the country um so it'd be i mean that's one that once we reach japan i'll I'll be able to pat myself on the back a little bit <laughs> but um we're gonna start pretty much going any anywhere we can to, to spread the music especially once the second album comes out it's going to be an album that you know is the most up-to-date representation of the band and that's what we're going to feel you know the most strongly about as far as ex ex exposing it to a brand new brand new audience so uh, once the second album comes out, you could pretty much expect to hit all those places next year. Could you give me a few words about how you conduct your guitar lessons via Skype with interested students as well as uh, local people around the Chicago area? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I started doing guitar lessons. It was it was uh, uh, a good friend of mine who's actually my, my guitar teacher uh, back here. He, he recommended it to me uh, purely from uh, more of a learning experience for myself. You know, it's although... I'm I'm teaching you know students and, and kids that are younger than me. I'm in a way kind of relearning to play the guitar myself, and it's a really kind of cool and humbling experience to be able to, to to do that you know and also help someone else out. So my lessons are super laid back. I pretty much want to help my students with whatever you know kind of difficulties they have on the guitar, any kind of questions or just anything as far as technique, as far as uh, learning songs, as far as writing songs and. And, you know, just advice on being in a band and uh, doing this professionally and whatnot. Uh, but like I said, the whole thing's super laid back. There's no uh, Conrad Kupiak guitar method yet, you know. <laughs> That'll be a few years down the road when I write my own book on it and all that. 
But uh, <laughs> no, super laid back lessons. Skype obviously makes it a little bit harder because there's not as much interactive kind of jamming and playing in unison, which I like to do in person. But uh, I definitely try and help out in any way I can. And like I said, it's it's more of a, a learning experience or relearning experience for myself just to kind of, you know, you you, you learn about yourself by by teaching others. So it's, it's a really cool experience. And uh, I hope more and more students, you know, are able to get something from these lessons and, and spread the word and and hopefully I'll be able to you know help as many as many people as possible. This has been the WMSC interview of Diamond Plate guitarist Conrad Kupiek by Nick Perkel.